All right, guys, welcome back uh, on the Half Turn Podcast, episode 46, World Cup episode number three. Uh, what's up, Chad? What's going on, dude? I haven't been back here in maybe five episodes. Back in the stew. I think it's time we kind of redo some of this stuff in the back. Maybe the Mbappe poster goes. Um, I don't know, maybe a different jersey instead of Ronaldinho. Maybe we get rid of my customized jersey and put it elsewhere, redo some of the scarves. Um, but yeah, we're we're on a pretty good roll right now. We've done this will be our third World Cup episode. We previewed groups A, C, D, and E. Then we did the U.S. roster reaction uh, previewed group B. So this is what F, G, and H. F, G, and H. And then we'll have the whole World Cup covered in previews. And then I think the plan is to do like another um, like storyline type episode that uh, that also talks about match day one for all the teams. Uh, and then kind of previewing that. So that'll be later this week. But for now, we'll uh, preview the last three groups. And these three groups are, like, more intriguing than... The, some good teams in yeah, these groups. Yeah, I was, like, writing yeah. some of this, and I was like, wow, this team is stacked. Um, yeah, so what are you wearing? Oh, man. Uh, I had no international jerseys because I took them back <laughs> to my apartment. Yeah. Uh, so, um, but I do got this fresh uh, white Venezia kit from this year. Um, yeah, it's clean. Yeah, it's actually so fresh. Kappa brand, um, white. Green so, and so they try shirt. to be like a designer, I guess, mm-hmm. in a way to kind of look at, make their jerseys look like they're like part of like fashion, I guess. It's like Venezia's always got fresh kids. That they, they were in uh, Serie B this year. They have American players like uh, June Luca Busio, June Luca Busio, and Tanner Tessman. Mm-hmm. Anyone else? No, that's a no. Yeah, yeah, so, that's nice. Do they have American owners too? Yeah, but I think. They, they bought part of the way in, not all the way in. Oh, really? But yeah, they're, like, redoing their stadium. It's cool. Yep. Your jersey is fresh. Thanks, bro. What you got? So, on? he's all designer and style. I'm just classic. This is I've worn it on here before. At this point, I'm reusing jerseys until I get more new ones. Uh, this is, like, the mid, you know, late 2000s, David Beckham, Alexi Lawless era, LA Galaxy jersey, Herbalife uh, sponsor. There's no name on the back. It's, like, slightly, like, it's not very fitted. It's, like, kind of loose. But it's like a cla- like respect the classics, you know what I mean? Old MLS logo is nice. Oh yeah, dude, with the foot kicking the soccer <laughs> ball, <laughs> it's just like a cleat kicking a ball. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. It's like I didn't wear an international jersey. I think I only have a couple, but I'll break out a few more of the U.S. jerseys for the World Cup. And are stuff. you gonna get a USA World Cup jersey? I think so. I, I think I, I'm obligated to get a Pulisic, right? Like you're gonna get a Pulisic. Like it's kind of weird because like. Most of the players are younger than me, so like, <laughs> like this you, creepy old dude. Uh, you're right. You're right. I'll get a ream. No, I, I don't know. Pool six cool. Like, all right. If we, not saying he is right because we've criticized him, but like, if he's the American Messi or the 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 guy in America, like, it's it's okay to have his jersey. Like, yeah. I'm also like not like fanboying over him to get his autograph. I'm just like, it's a cool kit. Like, I collect soccer kits. Yeah. What's crazy is that I saw. Um a comparison to 2014 World Cup roster and this year's World Cup roster mm-hmm. for the U.S. And, like, all those players that played in 14, like, where did some of those guys go? Like, Aaron Johansson. Dude, Aaron Johansson you know, fell off the face of the It just makes earth. you wonder, like, some of the players on this roster are just going to, like, fall off. 
Yeah, well, this is a younger True, group in yeah, general. Yeah. Now, there will be players that we think are young and promising. I'm not sure which ones yet that just fade. Like, I don't know. It could be Josh Sargent in the Aaron Johansson role or uh, Haji Wright or so- something like Like, Haji Wright, realistically, we, we could talk about this on another episode, but there was one candidate on the U.S. team to just, like, fade into oblivion. Like, probably be Haji Wright. <laughs> I was thinking about if I were to get a jersey, who I'd get. And I was thinking maybe a De La Torre. No, that's dude, my guy, right? dude. It is kind of kind of clean. It's funny because I watched the the YouTube videos that they put out of like with the, their story. Yeah, and the dude just shows no emotion at all. It's just yes, like I uh, was born in uh, San Diego. I am Luca Della Torre. I I played soccer. I or he calls it football. I enjoyed my football, and like he just talks and like there's nothing like yeah. there to him. But like speaking of Luca Della Torre, I did like I I feel like he's got a uh, like a burning passion to like prove people wrong that like yeah. you kind of get when he's thought he's like yeah i just wanted to like compete every day at fulham and prove that i'm there and i knew i could make the most of my opportunity at, at her Herac- how's he say it? heracles heracles i was like i knew i could you know this is my last opportunity to really prove myself and i was like i, I like that attitude yeah maybe i save it and get a celta vigo de la torre Oh, and get, someone, get someone else for the world cup the thing is you might not even know that like the de la torre is American if you have a Celta Vigo jersey because it's like kind of like a yeah, Spanish name. Yeah. Too. He's just a big Celta Vigo fan. <laughs> the the pool is like a standard. Like you can't go wrong. Like I feel like it's different if I were to get like uh, an Aronson or like you know what I mean because he is younger. But like Pulisic is like the guy. You should get an Ariola, even though he's on the <laughs> Ariola. A customized. I, I've told this story on here before. I think about my Josie Altador World Cup jersey. So when I was. I was in eighth grade before the 2010 World Cup, and I was a big Josie Altador fan. Haven't gotten a U.S. jersey before. So he wore number four. I was waiting the whole time. I didn't know that they released the, the kit numbers and everything so close to the World Cup. So they dropped the U.S. kit. I originally think I got the – I think I ordered the blue with the white sash. And he wore number 14 in a friendly against the Netherlands in, like, March of 2010. So I just customized the blue kit as soon as it dropped with 14 out the door on the back. Then they came out with kit numbers, and uh, and he was 17. I was like, what the heck? I just got this 14 jersey. So we called Soccer.com or World Soccer Shop or whoever, and they let us send it back because they, you know, we proved that he did change numbers. They were very nice about it. So then I got the white 17 out the door. And the it rest is history. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that 14 out the door would be kind of sweet now. And he did wear 14 in... Like Olympics and U20 World Cup and stuff. Um, yeah, you ready to get rolling? Yeah. All right, let's do it. So we'll go uh, Group F. Group F. So right, who are the so teams? Uh, and, and All right, so starting off with Group F, um, it's Belgium, Croatia, Canada, and Morocco. So a pretty interesting group, especially um, as, like, American fan, too, because, like, Canada's in it. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't really, like dislike Canada I kind of like Canada mm-hmm. like, like I would root for Canada easy to root Cup. for yeah I like some of their players but first we'll start with Belgium who's probably the favorite to get out of this group as the number one um, but to begin they're 16 to 1 odds to uh, win the World Cup they're ranked second in FIFA they've been like hanging around like one or two for like a while now wow. they're the um, wow <laughs> their nickname is the Red Devils, and they're coached by Roberto Martinez. They play a three-four-two-one. Um, I think Thierry Henry is still their assistant. Really? Yeah. The dude does everything, man. Yeah, he was the he coach does. of Montreal. Then he like left to do something, and then like he's like on the CBS show, and yeah. Yeah. 
Um, so current form, uh, they have, they've had two losses in their last ten matches, and both were against the Netherlands. Okay. And I think that was World Cup qualifying. or No, not Nations League. They don't play them in Nations League. I think it was World Cup qualifying. Maybe. Well, they haven't had windows to do friendly, so it must be. Yeah. Um, but in over a year, they've had, they haven't had they have beat a top 10 ranked nation, and they've had a few tries at it. Mm-hmm. I think they played a f- I forget who's in their um, Nations League group. So they've struggled against some of the bigger teams, but they've kind of... Uh, played well against some of the the worst, okay. the worst in competition. Um, tons of players to watch. They have a pretty good squad. Um, I think we mentioned this uh, last episode that their players are starting to fade a little bit. Like their golden generation. Like I think it kind of peaked in 2018. Mm-hmm. I mean they made it to the semifinals. Um, players to watch: Mishi Bashuai, who's expected to be the starter because Lukaku's doubtful. Um, he's on the roster, Lukaku, but. They're unsure if he's going to be uh, 100% fit. I was kind of like Bashuai. I always thought he got like a, a tough deal at Chelsea. Him and Pulisic linked up well. I kind of wanted him to play more when he was yeah. there. Um, you also got Ian Hazard, of course, Kevin De Bruyne. Mm-hmm. Kevin De Bruyne's probably one of the best players in the world right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's, he's going to be a beast. He's one of my favorite players. Uh, Axel Witzel. Yuri Tielemans, um, they're still relying in the back on uh, Jan Vertonghen and Toby Alderweireld. <laughs> the year is 2040. Which, Jan Vertonghen and Alderweireld, they're still is, center backs. Yeah, which was two of their three center backs in 2018, and they were considered old. <laughs> and then they they left their they le- they both left Tottenham, and they still are on the national team as the starters. But man, Courtois on goal, of course. Courtois is good, man. He'll keep them in any game. I, I love Courtois. Yeah. And they've got a lot of good young players, including Zeno DeBast, who's a center back. Um, is he with Anderlecht? I think he's with Anderlecht. Um, they also got uh, Onana, who's on Everton, one of my boys. He's performing really well for Everton. And they also got... Plays uh, defensive mid. Yeah, De Catelier, who just moved from Bruges to AC Milan. What position does he play? He's like an attacking midfielder. He can play like any of those um, yeah. forward positions. Um, but the player that I highlight is Leandro Trossard. Obviously, he plays for Brighton. He's a 27-year-old uh, winger, but kind of converted uh, uh, like wing-back. Mm-hmm. Uh, a Genk Academy product. Genk has also produced Kate, uh, Kevin De Bruyne, Yannick Carrasco, Leon Bailey, Benteke, Koulibaly, Origi, Courtois, Ndidi, and Milinkovic-Savage. Jeez. So that, whatever Genk's doing, they're doing yeah. it right. Yeah. Um, so he... He's a product from them, loaned out to three different clubs across Belgium, and for Genk, he had 83 appearances and 27 goals. Good goal-to-game ratio as a winger. Um, moved to Brighton in 2019, and um, for Brighton, has 113 appearances and 25 goals. This season, 13 appearances, 7 goals. So he's, he's, he's had a hat-trick this season. I forget who it was against. It might have been one against one of the big clubs. might have been against Chelsea a few weeks ago. Hmm. So he's he's gonna be a player to watch on. He's gonna play. He's gonna start. Yeah, I think he's gonna start on one of the wing backs. I mean, you got um, Carrasco could play one of those wing yeah. backs as well. But yeah, they've always in the past. It's been like a, an attacking player like Carrasco, and then like Munier on like on the other side. Yeah. He's like a, I guess a bit more defensive, but not like a defender. Yeah. So yeah, that's it, all of these guys like you said like are older, and like the only guy you would consider world class at this point is De Bruyne. Like Tielmans is like really good. Like you put mm-hmm. him out there with anybody, but everyone else is just like, is that right? Like he's 
I don't know. So when when we get to pre to previewing like the group as a whole, I would say like this, like if there's a team that could bust out and like not make it past the group stage out of like the top teams, I, I kind of think Belgium. Yeah, Belgium. Even though like I'm gonna be rooting for them, like the Brodens might one of my favorite players. So yeah. and like they kind of got some good like players you can root for. Like mm-hmm. Hazard, like can't root against them. Um, but they're still good, man. Still all those good players. Like yeah, they kind of have to get out of the group, you know. So I think they we could all agree that they're they're golden generation has kind of like run its its course well not not officially probably after this world cup right because this is probably hazard's last world cup could be de bruyne's last world cup i guess uh, yeah Vertonghen, uh but so i guess it, it still counts it's considered their golden generation but it's also like when they're when the golden generation isn't producing like as much like eden hazard at the club level is not producing that much but you look at, like, if it's just one guy dragging them, it's not really the golden generation. It's just that De Bruyne has continued to stay at that level. You know what I mean? It's not the collection of guys. It's just one or two yeah, yeah. guys. Um, yeah, they peaked. They peaked. But I will say, like, we've talked about Belgium, like, the youth the youth system there and how, like, proactive they are and, like, trying to develop better players. All of the best players, like, there's so many of them that are Belgian. Like, there was a list of, like, the top, like, U16 or U17 players in the world, and, like, half the list is Belgian, right? And, like, they, they implemented the 2v2 system up until they're, like, 10 years old. They, they just do all of this, like, cool stuff. And, like, they, they reap the benefits of it because they're developing younger players. But maybe there was just a gap between the golden generation that kind of happened on accident implementing that stuff. So that's where you get this, like, kind of gap where the old players are filling that gap. And then, like, the young players are coming through, like, an Onana and, yeah. and the guys below them. Yeah, I think we'll see a big role from, like, the young players. Like, I think the boss is going to be a starter mm-hmm. and Onana probably could play like a Vitzel role you know it'd be cool too is like in the in 2010 the uh the German team was like a lot of older players like Balak was still there but then there was like this younger generation like Thomas Mueller and all those guys and like oh the young German attacking players so you think of Germany as like this old like style but then they had all these younger guys coming through and then they won in 14 so if this younger Belgian generation hits maybe they're a 2026 favorite because of the young guys that get experience in this one. Yeah, definitely a good point. Um, yeah, so they're ex- obviously they're expecting out of the group, but then they're going to be going against Co- um, Costa Rica, Croatia. <laughs> they're going to be going against Croatia. It's 50 to 1 odds. Uh, they're ranked 16th in FIFA. I mean, this Croatian team is still really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Vetreni, meaning the Blazers. <laughs> what does um, it mean by Blazers? Like. And the Kakasti, meaning the checkered ones. <laughs> That's pretty good. It's very, very good. <laughs> the checkered ones. Up for one of the best uh, <laughs> nicknames in the World Cup this year. And they play a 4-3-3 under Vladko Dalic. He's, he was, he's still their head coach. He's the checkered one. Yes. Uh, obviously, runners-up in 2018. Euros, round 16, lost to Spain. Mm-hmm. And their only loss in 2022 is a 3-0 loss to Austria in um, World Cup qualifying, maybe? Really? I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't remember them being in their nations league. Maybe they're on the nations league. Um, they played France twice in nations league. Beat uh, beat them one nothing and tied them one one. So it's pretty, pretty good. good. Yeah, that's very good. good. Players to watch, obviously: Luka Modric, Kovacic, Brozovic, Kramaric, who plays for Hoffenheim, mm-hmm. uh, Mislav Orsic. He was a winger, number 10, I think, maybe a forward for uh, Dynamo Zagreb. I think he scored against Chelsea in the Champions League this year. Yeah. Ivan Perisic. That was uh, Tuchel's last game, I think. Oh, I right. think they lost the that game one. and then they yeah. canned him. Yeah. 
uh, Lovren and Vita. I th- <laughs> I think they might still be uh, coming back. I haven't. I'm not 100 sh- percent sure if they're on the roster, but I would expect they bring Lovren right for that veteran. Leadership. This is very much like Belgium, where like they. They're all they're all older. They they just run it back. Like they they were like, oh, 2018 was a good World Cup. Run it back. And does Vita play for a club team or does he just play for? Cody? <laughs> yeah, I've never heard of him play for like anybody else. <laughs> but the player that I highlighted is a center back. Going to be one of the best young center backs in the world right now is Josko Vrahabit. Josko Vardiol. Sorry. That's a pretty not like oh. nice pronunciation though. Var- Vardiol. Vardiol. I mean, if you look at that name, like. How do you yeah. really pronounce that, man? Try my best there, but 20-year-old uh, center back for RB, RB Leipzig. Started playing at the age of seven, spotted by two Croatian teams, uh, two of the bigger teams in Croatia, uh, Lokomotiva and Zagreb. Mm-hmm. Joined Zagreb and started playing as a left back and a center mid. Mm-hmm. So he is left-footed, I'm, I'm pretty sure. Okay. So he started playing as left back and center mid, and then his academy coach later moved him to a center back. And soon after being moved to center back, he started to gain the attention from Man City, Dortmund, Bayern, Ajax, Inter, and Roma. Uh, made his senior debut um, for Zagreb at, uh, in the 1920 season. Uh, Leipzig came in for him in August of 2020, but he mm-hmm. stayed on loan at Zagreb. Okay. Um, and extended his contract to 2027 in uh, the club rejected a 90 million pound bid from Chelsea, I believe, this year. Leipzig rejected a 90 million pound yeah. bid for somebody. Yeah, they were linked to um, Guardiola <coughs> this wow. summer, maybe what? around August or something. Um, and he finished sixth place in the Copa Trophy, so that's like best young player. I think Gavi won it this oh, year. Right. Yeah. So this might have been Gavi. So he's pretty much a lock to start then. I think he's going to start, yeah. Yeah. He I mean, he was linked to Man United at one point too. Yeah. Like, he's probably going to move next, um, at the end of the season, mm-hmm. to, to a bigger club. Like, a big move. Like, 90 millions from Chelsea. Like, that's pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, he scored a big goal for Leipzig in the Champions League, I'm pretty sure, recently, too. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. That's so, uh, like, Modric, Kovacic, Brozovic, like, they're all older. But you'd think they, they still got something. Like, Modric, like, I feel like we all just kind of lumped this team together in, like, the Modric category but these guys are younger than Modric right like Kovacic is still what 27 28 yeah for sure yeah so like these guys Brozovich is a little older I feel like these guys have just been around for a while but you know so yeah and then I think this team's dangerous yeah for sure Mm -hmm. still got Perisic Perisic was playing well for Spurs I think he could play up top as a 10 as a winger as a wing back like and they have attacking options like I said like the Mm -hmm. Kramerich Orsic um who's the other Rebic Rebic, like, they still got... Where some, do I remember the name Rebic from? He's, he's Croatian, he plays for yeah. Milan now. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, They have some, still got some good attacking players. Um, yeah, man. I think Croatia could... You think Croatia could take one, number one? Yeah, I, I really think, like... Let's, let's get through the group and then I'll give up my hot right, take prediction. All right, let's move on to Canada. The Canucks Ooh. is what their nickname is. They're 201... <laughs> 200 to 1 odds, ranked 38 in FIFA. John Herdman is their manager, and lately they've played a 3 4 1 2. So, or 3 5 2, however yeah. you want to say it. Uh, form, they finished first in CONCACAF, beating USA and Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, you I mean, mean Mexico, Mexico? And Mexico. I even wrote that in the notes. Dang, USA. they beat themselves. <laughs> They're good. Yeah. Uh, 
Or bad. Like, it could be both. Like, if you beat yourself, you're bad. Yeah, wow. Um, yeah, in the September window, they beat Qatar 2-0, but lost Uruguay 2-0. So, mm-hmm. take that how you want. Players to watch, Alfonso Davies. He is going to the World Cup, and he is going to play. Um, Dude gets he, hurt like he every He picked up a knock, but he's going to play. They listed them under the forwards. They didn't list him as a defender, not a midfielder. They list him as a forward. So, expect him to be like... A winger. Yeah, I think he's like a wing back that they just tell to get up the field. Yeah, so they're um, some of their players to watch, players that I think you should watch. Mm-hmm. Kyle Lahren, MLS. So plays for Besiktas, uh, right? Pretty sure. Maybe. I don't even know. Uh, Tejan Buchanan, former MLS player. Richie Larea, who played in the championship. I think he's, is he back in MLS? I'm not sure. Yeah. But Buchanan plays for uh, Bruges, who plays Champions League, right? Yep, yep. So he's playing and he at a really good level. Well, yeah. Uh, but their main player to watch probably, I mean, other than Alfonso Davis, is Jonathan David. Um, he's like, he was actually born in New York City. He was eligible to play for the U.S. men's national team. but um, Would he be our starter right now? 100%. A hundred percent, That's a pretty enthusiastic 100%. Dude, yeah, man. Come on. Born in New York City, moved to Haiti, and then moved to Ottawa. So he went from USA to Haiti to Canada, which is pretty crazy. Loved watching soccer growing up, but didn't watch MLS and had no desire to play in North America. He only wanted to play in Europe. Jeez. He only watched European soccer growing up. Was called up by Tab Ramos to the USA U20 team in 2018, but declined. Jeez. Yeah. There, we could have got him, man. Dude, maybe it's Tab Ramos' uh, fault, dude. Joined Ghent. In Belgium in 2018, hmm. 83 appearances, 37 goals. Wow! And for good. Lille, uh, he moved there in 2020 for 30 million pounds, 110 appearances, 41 goals, and that's a team playing in a top five league. Mm-hmm. He's won the league with them. They play Champions League, and for Canada, has 22 goals and 34 appearances. So he's he's basically their guy. Like if you check whenever Canada plays, like. I'll see if they're playing a friendly. Like mm-hmm. it's always Jonathan Jonathan David scoring. Mm-hmm. Always. Did he score against the U.S. when in qualifying? I don't remember. One of the goals? Wasn't it two nothing? It was. It was one zero, and then they scored very late. Yeah, yeah. up at their place. Yeah, it was, like, it was like freezing cold. Like there was like the turf. I think they were playing on turf. Yeah. Um, and we talked on here before about how like if you score a goal every other game for like your club you're on like a really good you're in like a really good season you score a goal every third game like you know let's say you have 30 appearances 10 goals for your country you're like a legend like 22 goals and 34 appearances is like nuts yeah now like yeah he's only really played uh CONCACAF but that's still like pretty impressive and this Canada team has had to go through levels of qualifying that like the U.S. typically doesn't like they were in the because of their world ranking they were in the the pre, it's not the hex anymore, whatever they call it, the octagonal. The, yeah. Before the octagonal, they had to qualify. We we got pushed right up through to the octagonal because of our um, uh, so he was our playing some. Yeah, so maybe he got a few goals there too. But yeah. I mean, it's still like impressive. I mean, what other forward in Concacaf is scoring that many goals? Just Josie. I mean, <coughs> if he's healthy, if he's in the in the yeah, team. if he's healthy. Back in he was. He got us single handedly. Dude, I think they're calling Jonathan David the uh, Canadian Josie. Jeez. All right. Last team in the group. So, Canada, real uh, quick. Okay. Now, when we finish the group, we can talk about it again, but are they, like, before the draw, people are like, yo, Canada's a dark horse. Canada's a dark horse. Are they a dark horse now with the group? 
Maybe. This yeah, group is maybe. tough, dude. This group is tough. Yeah. They could be a dark horse. Um, the fact that we brought up like a, a fading Belgium team. Mm-hmm. Croatia's still good, but they're not like the elite of the elite, right? Yeah, uh, dude, This can- I don't think the Canada team is good enough in the back. Like, they have uh, yeah. Mark Anthony K in the midfield, who's decent, but, like, they're they're starting um, Vittoria. Steven Vittoria played for the Union in, like, 2015. Mm-hmm. He was terrible, like, just big, tall dude. Like, I think he played in Portugal at some point, but, like, like their, their defenders just aren't that good. They, um, what was his name? Johnston that plays in MLS. So, like, I don't know, man. Their defenders aren't aren't great. It's yeah. really how far how far will Jonathan David, Alfonso Davies take them. Yeah. How do you... How do you think they match up against like a team like? Be- How do you think they should go out and play against like Belgium or Croatia? I think they'll be fine. Like they they sat back and defended against us like kind of with ease, right? They limited us from getting anything. And I don't know. Maybe go back and listen to that podcast to see like what we were talking about. They could do the same thing, and then with with Davies and these guys like ready to go like on the break, especially against like the those old like Stone Age legs of uh, Alderweireld and Vertonghen. Like you never know, dude. Yeah. <clears throat> I was listening to someone today kind of off topic but still kind of same that teams will, won't really press that much in this world cup because it's gonna be so hot oh, like you can't like go oh, out I didn't and know press hot too. dude i was looking at the weather in doha today and it's <laughs> 80 degrees right now and it's like midnight right oh, now dude and they're eight hours ahead and i went to look and see what the time was like during some of the games it's gonna be like 90 to well, maybe the air, there's gonna be air conditioning dude it's really gonna ruin now that you bring that up like it's gonna ruin the games because like no one wants to see a game where like one team just sits in a low block then the other team just sits in a low block, and then it just goes, like, that's terrible, dude. Yeah, so, like, the 2 o'clock games, like, all U- USA's games are at 2 p.m. So That's yeah, 10 p.m. in Qatar. <laughs> that's ridiculous. <laughs> but that would be good for us. I mean, yeah, well, I guess good for the other team, too. But yeah. All right. And, and like, teams aren't going to be as fresh or as fit in this World Cup because they're coming off club season. So, yeah. maybe right. that, that lends into Canada's hand, you know? Morocco, the Atlas Lions, uh, 201, 200 to 1 odds, ranked 24th in FIFA. Not really sure what formation they're going to play. Recently played a 4-4-2, Walid Regarui mm. is their manager. My pronunciations are pretty mid right now. Uh, their current form, they won all six in their qualifying group. And uh, how they got here, they beat Congo in two legs, five to two. So they're qualifying um, in Africa? Yes. Oh, they're, they're a Northern Afri- African oh, okay. team. Um, obviously, we recently played the U.S. We've talked about it before. Mm-hmm. USA beat 2 nothing. 3-0. 3-0? Nice. All right. Players to watch. Um, Ziyech is called in. He's mm-hmm. back with the Moroccan national team. Uh, he played in September but retired earlier in the year bunch of stuff happened but he's back on the national team so obviously like he's really good plays mm-hmm. for Chelsea got Roman Sice uh Amrabat remember Amrabat I remember him playing for like Roma maybe but he played center mid against the U.S. he played like as a wing back for Roma he's uh like, he's like super tricky right like that's Adele Tarat. Uh, he's the tricky yeah, one yeah, yeah. so Amrabat and Tarat play together I don't remember Amrabat they both play center mid one's bald uh, Amrabat's bald yeah, I don't think I know him. I'll point him out to you. Uh, Masrawi, right back for Bayern. Mm-hmm. Buffal, I'm not sure if he still plays in the Premier League. Southampton, he played for Southampton, I think it was. And then uh, Youssef and Nazari for Sevilla. What position does he play? I think he's a forward. Oh. 
Um, then obviously you got Akraf Hakimi. He's turned into like one of the best right backs in the world. Yeah. Uh, 24 years old, uh, born in Spain, but parents were from Morocco. Joined Real Madrid at the age of eight. Nothing super crazy about this guy. Couldn't really find much about him. Just joined Real Madrid at the age of eight. Two seasons at Dortmund on loan, then went to Inter for one season, and now he's at his second season at PSG. Look at the teams this guy played for. Yeah. Real, Dortmund, Inter, PSG. He was a beast on Dortmund, and then PSG, and he's a beast for PSG, too. Yeah, so he must have been eligible to play for Spain. At one point, if he was born there, mm. but obviously chose chose yeah. Morocco. So, all right. So we're we're through that group. What are your predictions? Because I got kind of have a hot take brewing that really Croatia is going to finish first, and I I think Belgium will get second, but like there's a chance Morocco finishes second. You like Morocco? I I don't love Morocco, but like Canada's okay. Morocco's okay. I want to fade Belgium. Like I feel like Belgium is due to like uh, take a step down, but there's like Morocco and Canada aren't aren't quite there. And maybe if you replaced Morocco with like a worse team, like a like an Iran or Saudi Arabia or one of those teams, then that gives Canada like an easier path to three points there. Then I'd pick Canada to like finish second. But I think because, like, Canada and Morocco will probably beat each other up, I think it'll probably be Belgium. But I'm going to say Croatia is going to finish first in the group. And I'm not I, – I would like that prediction even more if it was a team stronger than Croatia. Does that make sense? Yeah, I would – I think I think Belgium is still going to finish first. Really? They were in the group at death last World Cup, and they finished first, hmm. I think. So That's four years ago, four and a half years ago. Yeah, so – and they have Croatia second – I would I would still go Canada third, and Morocco, Morocco fourth. Four, yeah. Like I'm not a huge like I don't think ZX's been in good form or anything, but like Hakimi and like I don't know. Maybe they just keep it compact enough. And maybe the Moroccan fans were probably at a super low point uh, when the U.S. played them, and the U.S. Were, fans were like at a super high point. But that yeah. was like the when they played each other. That was like the. High, like the highest point U.S. fans have felt because it was against like Morocco, like a pretty decent team. I guess, but I think everyone knew Morocco wasn't like, like I think they flew in like the day before, like it wasn't that like intensive a game for them. I don't think they like really like tried. Yeah, tried. they just didn't really impress me that day. So yeah. then like can't go out here and say that I've watched Morocco a ton. So yeah, yeah. So um, the consensus would be probably Belgium first and Croatia second. Well, you're in between second and third for Belgium. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, if there was a... I'd have to look at some of the other groups. Like, like the next group has, like, Serbia and Switzerland in it. Like, I'd I'd pick Serbia to finish ahead of Belgium if they were the third team in this group. Okay, That yeah. makes sense. Like, yeah, if yeah. there was a better third team, like, a more clearly defined third team, I'd pick them to finish. Just yeah, because I think I Belgium... I what you're trying to say. It's that there's two two teams here in one category, and then there's two teams here in that category. And then yeah. there's, like... While some groups are, like... The bet clearly the best team, clearly the second, clearly the third, clearly the yeah. fourth. Is that what you're trying to say? Yeah, kind of. But I mean, it'll probably just be Belgium and Croatia. I'll say, man. Yeah. There's some good games uh, in that group. Let's All go right. on to Group G. Group G. Um, Brazil. We'll start with Brazil, the favorite to win the World Cup, ranked first in the FIFA rankings. Mm-hmm. Four to one odds to win the World Cup. The selection. Their manager is Tite since 2016, and they'll play a 4-3-3. Form. Um, Scored the most points ever in South American qualifying, including 29 games unbeaten in qualifying. 
Jeez. So that must have dated back to the last qualifying cycle. Uh, 13 clean clean sheets in 17 games. And 2.5 goals scored per game. Excellent form. Yeah, that's crazy. Like, and... South American qualifying is like like no joke. Yeah, you've been saying that all the time. Dude, I was doing more research on it today. It's no joke, bro. So let's just look at some of the players they have in each That's position. Great. Let's give the it the positions, too. Goalie. <clears throat> Allison and Ederson. Uh, two of the best goalies in the world, to be honest. Yeah. Expected to start at center back. It's Miltown and Marquinhos. Mm-hmm. And then you got Thiago yeah. Silva in there. Veteran, veteran leadership. Yeah, of course. Uh, center mids. You got Bruno Guimaraes, Casemiro, Fred, Fabinho, Paqueta. Like, the fact that there's some of those guys that won't start a single game at the World Cup is just mind-blowing. Yeah. Um, now, some of their some of their wingers slash attacking players, this is insane. Because they, they, they went a little light on bringing defenders. Mm-hmm. But they yeah, they brought guys like Danny on, Alves. They, they went heavy on bringing attackers. Mm-hmm. Anthony, Gabriel Jesus. Martinelli, Neymar, Rafinha, Charleston, Rodrigo, Vinny Jr. Mm-hmm. And they snubbed uh, Firmino. Yeah, I think Firmino started to play like pretty well for Liverpool like when Nunez had the red card and there was like, some injuries for uh, Jota and, and Diaz. I thought Firmino was playing well. I'm glad that Martinelli made the roster because I think he's been playing awesome for, uh, for Arsenal. And then I've seen a lot of people starting Rafinha on the right wing, but like I guess you kind of have to start Gabriel Jesus as the nine because you really don't have another nine. You can't not start Vinicius Jr. You just you simply cannot. Yeah, like you, he has to start. Maybe you could start with Charleston as the nine too. Uh, maybe is Neymar going to play like as a ten? Maybe could you Probably, play Neymar as a ten? They almost and then, have to, right? They almost have to play like two wingers, one of their nines. Like Jesus, and, and then, then someone at the, an attacking player at the ten, probably Neymar, and then like a and then you Casemiro, just, Fabinho, or something. Yeah, dude, they have to just put all those attacking players on the field. Crazy, dude, and like it's not even like they're light in like center mids or defenders. Like yeah. they're strong there. <laughs> it's crazy. So the player I highlighted is Gabriel Martinelli. Um, nothing crazy, but he played for a Corinthians futsal team at a young age uh, before. Moving to play for Ituano, I think they're in the Brazil league. He moved cities to go play for their mm-hmm. for their team. So he grew up playing futsal instead of yeah. He grew up playing futsal. So I don't know what that means in Brazil. Like if he, I think they just do that. Like I I listened to a podcast like indoor, about like indoor coaching. Futsal? I think a little bit. I'm, you, yeah, I'm assuming you play for like a club team. Yeah, and like they, they don't like. I mean, especially if you don't have like fields available, you have courts and and stuff. And I've heard, uh, not to get sidetracked here, but I, I've, I listened to this other podcast, and one of the guys who's a coach is part Brazilian. He said, like, he never – he didn't own a pair of cleats until he was, like, 14 years old. That's great. And, like, going back to, like, re- trying to relate it here, people talk about, like, futsal being this, like, savior to, like, develop players. Like, it's really like, what you play. Like, they, in Brazil, they have a ton of courts, and it's easier to play futsal, so you just play more futsal. In the U.S., if you have a bunch of grass, you play soccer. A bunch of turf fields, you play soccer. A bunch of – you know, basketball courts, yeah, go play futsal. Like, if it's really cold outside all the time, play futsal, play pickup futsal. So, like, they're just adapting to what they have. It's not the futsal that makes them better. It's the fact that they play all the time. Yeah. Like, cool. like Belgium can develop a ton of really good players, but it's not just because they're playing futsal. It's because they're they're just playing more. So, it's just something I just, like, think about every time I hear that. And Neymar grew up playing futsal, too. It's just what they did because that's what they had, and that was, like, the culture they had. Yeah, dude. Any game centered around soccer will get you better 
at soccer. Yeah, man, this this team is crazy. But Martinelli eventually moved to Arsenal for six million because he was holding an Italian passport. So I don't know mm. if that was a relative or uh, like a mom or dad. That's weird because like I never really, you never really hear of Arsenal like bringing the Brazilians over. Like you hear of Brazilians going to going to Spain, going to Portugal, but like you never really hear of them going to Arsenal. Yeah, that, that was like a low key signing. Yeah, like dude, I never he's so good. like that wasn't really like big news. Like a dude named Martinelli was going to Arsenal. Yeah, so. obviously this Brazil team's insane. Uh, I I think Brazil wins the World Cup. Like Whoa. that's just like hot take. Well, I mean, it's just like look at the squad. I think Argentina and Brazil are the two best teams. Yeah, and I think it's I think it's Brazil. You know, if they finish both first in their group, they meet they meet each other in the semifinals. Yeah, semifinal. Which sucks. That would be a that would be a cool final. Yeah. Um, There'd be, like, just people brawling, dude. Like, the fans hate each other. All right. Into one of my dark horse teams in the World Factos, Cup. Factos, factos. This, this is a nice team. Serbia. The Eagles. Oh. Of course. Of I course think they're, like, the coming. third Eagles of this yeah. World Cup. 80 to 1 odds. Right? 25th in FIFA. Uh, recently played a 3-5-2 under Dragan Strokovic. That was good. Form unbeaten in qualifying. Wow. That includes um, Portugal in their World Cup qualifying group. Yeah, because Portugal had to do the they had to do the plan. They drew against Portugal and they won away at Portugal. So draw at home, away win at mm-hmm. Portugal. Um, Nations League, they earned promotion after beating Norway and Sweden. So no like pushover teams there either. Yeah, both really good. All right. Players to watch. You have Vlahovic. Forward for Juventus, mm. Mitrovic, Fulham, Luka Jovic. He's on uh, one of the teams in Syria. Flamed out of Real Madrid. But dude, like those three forwards, like you got some options there, right? Yeah. Like, well, I think it's Vlahovic or Mitrovic every yeah. game, probably be the starters. You got Dusan Tadic, who's their captain. We know how good he is. Philip Kostic, who just moved to Juventus from uh, Frankfurt. Mm-hmm. He's a beast. He, he loves to cross the ball. Yeah, pacey winger. Um, but the player I highlighted is a player that I started to watch a little bit more of the past, like, year. Um, is the Lazio centerman, Milinkovic Savic. He's 27 years old. Uh, his father played pro in Portugal. And in Portugal, he started playing with sporting um, youth teams. And then uh, he played a few years in Austria. Um with some of their youth teams, I don't know what club it was. Maybe the club, maybe his father was playing in Austria mm-hmm. or something. He signed pro at 17 in Serbia, which is in 2012. Um, 2014, Genk. Genk is back, the team that produces a ton of players. Talking um, a lot about Genk recently. Yeah, he signed for them for $1 million. Um, 2015, a year later, moved to Lazio for $12 million. Um, So he's been there since 2015. His value currently is $60 million. And his form is insane. 12 appearances might be up since the last time I wrote this. It's yeah. been a few days. Um, 12 appearances, 3 goals, 7 assists. And dude does not shy away from a tackle. 5 yellow cards. <laughs> I was going to say, watch with the yellow cards there. The dude does it all in the midfield. Like, you watch him, he's always getting in the box for um, crosses. Mm-hmm. He's always creating play. Why do you think uh, Shiro Immobile has so many goals all the time? Mm-hmm. I think it has to do with... Uh, Savage. He's like the perfect box-to-box center mid. He can do it all on the pitch. So he could, 
he can make some noise, I think. He's not the type of guy that's going to play well in this tournament and then get a big move. Because he's already earned the big move. Like, he's he's already at a lot. I can't see him going from, like, he's kind of at the eight, awkward age now, or at 27, 28, yeah. where he's not going to, like, move up to, like, Real Madrid or something. Yeah. Or Barcelona's not going to go by him. But, yeah, he's a beast, dude. So, I've been trying to think of, like, this player, right? So, 2014, James Rodriguez, good player, playing for Monaco. He has an insane World Cup, and then, like, his price just balloons, and he goes for, like, $100 million to Real Madrid. Could Savage be that guy? He's a little older, right? I think James was, like, 23 at that point. But, like, is Savage, like, could he go to, like, I don't know, like, Man United or something for, like, $100 million if he has, like, a crazy good World Cup? You know what I mean? Like a Hamas yeah. Rodriguez type. Maybe a Premier League team could spend on him. Yeah. Yeah. And dude, like center mids, like oh, Modric's been around for a while. Like you could play at a high level for now. Maybe like a mobile midfielder like that isn't, yeah. but like you, you could like you could play. You could be a high high level until you're 32 or 33. I think you're. I think his price could explode because I think Serbia can make some noise and. Yeah. Also, Cup. like Juventus just like, kind of buys old guys a lot of times within <laughs> Serie A. So maybe just like Juve buys them at some point. Yeah. Too. You find a lot of players like Poland, Serbia. What's another country like kind of in that area? Switzerland. Um, yeah, like those players. Bosnia play a lot in Syria. Yeah, I don't know why, but I think Syria is the second best league in the world at this point, right now. In terms, of, like the top eight is really, really strong. Yeah, because they have a lot of big clubs. Yeah, that could be so. Mm-hmm. All right. So Serbia is definitely a dark horse for me too. But yeah. let, let's keep going here. For sure. And then we got Switzerland. Um, Nati, meaning the national team. They're eighty to one odds, ranked fifteenth in FIFA. Their manager is Marat Yakin. Mm-hmm. They play a four-two-three-one. Okay. Uh, obviously, last World Cup they beat France in penalty kicks. Euros. Euros was the Euros. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my bad. Yeah, France, Fran- France won the World Cup. <laughs> oh, gotcha. Yeah. Well, do you, do you run a podcast? <laughs> Dude, I just got so much going on in my head. I, I just mix it up, man. Forum. Uh, they beat Spain in September. Uh, automatic qualification ahead of Italy. <laughs> Knocked Italy out. Of the yeah, won the group. Yeah. Xhaka uh, and Shakiri have played 213 games together. That's crazy. That's insane, man. That was an insane stat. Uh, Pirates to watch. Uh, they have two good goalies, Jan Sommer and Gregor Kobel. Mm-hmm. Cobell plays for Dortmund, and Summer plays for Gladbach still, maybe. Fabian Schar, center back for Newcastle. Manuel Kanji, who's been playing really well for Man City. Mm-hmm. Remo Freuler, who plays uh, for Forest, Nottingham Forest. I think he moved there this mm-hmm. year. Zakaria, Noah Okafor, we were talking about him the other yeah, day. So, so uh, who are we talking about? Zakaria, that's, he, went from, he went to Juve. And then they sold him or loaned him to, to Chelsea because the the Juve like president or GM or whatever you call it went to Chelsea, right? And they, they brought Zakaria with him and then but he hasn't like done anything. Like, he's barely featured at all. I think he's played one game and had had a goal in that game. <laughs> really? Champions League the other day, yeah. That's wow. But yeah, he's supposed to be pretty good. He's young still, so hopefully his like career doesn't get like derailed by like a bad transfer. You know? Yeah, yeah no. well we expect him to play like for the Switzerland team. The player yeah. I highlight is Brill and Bolo. Um. Yeah, he's gonna start the nine for them. Uh, oh, and we we kind of glossed over Noah Okafor plays for Salzburg. Yeah, I I love every forward that plays for Salzburg. They just churn out just beast forwards. Yeah. yeah. 
Keep going on Mbolo. Yeah, Mbolo. He was born in Cameroon, which they play Cameroon in this group. Mm-hmm. Uh, mother married a Swiss man and then moved to Basel. So, however that worked. Professional contract at the age of six, 16 with FC Basel. Uh, 20 million pound move uh, to Schalke, considered one of the best young players in the world in 2016. Mm-hmm. Which, if you guys remember him, he, he was considered one of the best young forwards. Yeah. Um, MCL injury, later moved to Borussia Mönchengladbach and then to Monaco. Uh, this season has 14 appearances with uh, Monaco in, se- in seven goals. Huh? Yeah. International career, 58 appearances, 11 goals. But he started like his international career at a young age, so recently has 18 appearances, 7 goals. Okay. So it's a good goal-to-game ratio. Um, so will he he be playing as a as a winger, or one of the the guys up like further? He's going to be as a nine. Oh, okay. Yeah, as a nine because uh, yeah, yeah. You expect him to. Yeah. I think coming up he was more of a winger and a nine, but now he's just kind of a nine. Yeah. The Switzerland team's pretty good. Yeah. So. Pretty balanced. Like they got some good players in the back. They got some good players forward, and they have a, a few in the midfield mm-hmm. that that they're pretty good. Um, all right, on the Cameroon. The Lions, in this in Cameroon, a lion is a symbol of strength and power. It's the national animal. Fun fact for everybody out there. Uh, 250 to 1 odds, ranked 43 in FIFA. Rigo Bert Song uh, plays 4-3-3. Current form, uh, Samuel Eto'o predicted the World Cup final of Cameroon versus Morocco. <laughs> I mean, no he's like there, the president right? of Cam- Cameroon soccer, so Jeez. like it's kind of yeah. like... Um, the previous manager was sacked in March of 2022, but under Song, they beat Algeria and punched their ticket to the World Cup. So hmm. uh, He was brought in, I think, of maybe one game against Algeria to qualify for the World Cup, and that might have been his first game. I don't know. Might have so been he was in, game. like, a must-win situation. Too. Yes, and he got him there. Uh, did they sack the other guy after, like, a bad, like, African Cup of Nations or something? Maybe, yeah. Wow. Uh, players to watch. Uh, Chupa Moting, who's been on fire for Bayern mm-hmm. recently. Yeah. Uh, Carl Toko Akambi, who's at Lyon. Uh, Andre Onana, the goalie. He's good. Um, Mwepo from Brentford. Vincent Abubakar, who plays for Al Nara. Um, in the Afcon, African Cup of Nations, he had seven appearances, eight goals. So in, in tournaments, he, he can do pretty well. Yeah. He's number nine. And the player that I highlighted is Anguisa from Napoli. He's a center mid for Napoli. And um, some of you guys remember from Fulham. Um, he had a decent spell at Fulham. Didn't really do too much, but he's kind of like popping off for Napoli this mm-hmm. season. He's 26. Played at a Cameroonian club until the age of 19. He moved to France, Stade de Rem, and then Marseille, then to Fulham. Lone spell at Villarreal. So he just bounced around trying to find like a team, and then he's in excellent form right now for Napoli. They're on fire, so... Another wow. pretty, another pretty good team. Um, don't think they'll have. Uh, Dude, now that I'm, you say some of these guys, like it's a pretty good team. Like better, like you say Cameroon. I'm like, ah, all right, they haven't been good in a while. But like, let's start naming some of these guys. I'm like, wow, well, all right, they're not like, they're not a joke. Like they're, like have higher profile players than the U.S. have. Dude, for sure. I want to say Cameroon's gonna finish last, but dude. What forward is in better form right now than Chupamoto? Dude, uh, all right. At this point, like this is the toughest group to me. Like, dude, all right, Brazil should win the World Cup. Like, there's no reason they should ever lose a game. But, like, I don't know, man. Like, Serbia's good. We, we just talk about Serbia being, like, really good. 
Switzerland have like pretty good players. Like I don't think Switzerland are gonna like do any damage, but like they're good. They, they knocked out France. I'm sure they're organized. And then like Cameroon, like they have like good players. So like, you just rattled off like three or four guys that are like above the level of Americans. Yeah. Like, dude, that's every team. Like people think just because we have Americans playing in some of these leagues, so does yeah, all so does everybody else. Like, yeah, that's why I say like I think so our, many good this leagues. Pool, there's, there's so many good teams out yeah. there. Yeah, it's so like people like, get caught up. People are like, "Oh, we have so many Champions League minutes." Like, yeah, all right. Do we have a uh, Chupa Motang like <laughs> playing legit Champions League minutes? Like, no, we're still there's levels to this that we haven't haven't hit yet. I, this this is the hardest group I think as of right now until. Maybe How would you rank it? You got to put Brazil first, but like, there, there's definitely a chance nine. they drop a game. Maybe they draw. Maybe it's a draw. Maybe Switzerland is like bunkers really hard, and Jaka is just getting stuck in uh but i think it's brazil i think it's got to be brazil serbia i'm gonna go cameroon then switzerland i agree yeah i agree yeah. i agree i kind of like these cameroons yeah the, the, come on you runes what are the, the come lions. on you nazi no no they're the lions oh that's sorry switzerland. that's switzerland yeah because the lions cameroon is the, is the symbol of uh, strength and power yeah they yeah. do have some strength and power on this yeah. side i'll give it to them yeah, and I do have Cameroonian jersey. Dude, Group G is is legit, bro. Yeah, can't wait for it. Dude, I can't wait for Group G. All right, you want to get to Group H? Yes. You want me to start us off with Portugal? Yeah, you could run, run us through Portugal. All right, so yeah, go I'll go through Portugal and Uruguay, and then you, you finish us off. All right, so Group H is Portugal, Uruguay, South Korea, and Ghana. So another like pretty strong group on paper. Uh, Portugal, they're 12-1 to win the World Cup. Ninth in FIFA, uh, <clears throat> their nickname is the Selection of the Sides. What does that What does that mean? <laughs> but uh, maybe that selection means something else in Portuguese because Brazil was also called the Selection. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Fernando Santos, they probably play like a four-two-three-one uh, form. They qualified from the the European playoffs, so we just said Serbia won that group. Uh, Portugal beat I forget who in the first round, and then beat North Macedonia in the in the fin- the playoff final because North Macedonia somehow beat Italy. So it was going to be Italy or Portugal in the same play-in. Yeah. Uh, so they, they kind of got fortunate there. Uh, players to watch, Diogo Costa, goalkeeper. I mean, look at some of these names on the back line. Ruben Diaz, Nunmensch, right? <laughs> Nuno Mendes, Guerrero from um, uh, Dortmund, Delo, Cancelo, Daniel Pereira. Then you go like towards the midfield. You got Bruno Fernandes, Bernardo Silva from Man City, Rafael Leal, Jao Felix as, t- as winger types. Um, obviously, like, Cristiano Ronaldo. <laughs> it's funny that we didn't put him on the uh, on the sheet yeah. on the list. Um, so my boy Vitinha, center mid, I'll talk about him in a second. Biggest snub was probably Renato Sanchez. Renato Sanchez. He was uh, but the young player of the tournament in the 2016 Euros. Uh, plays in the French League. It's just, like, has really, like – has his career like it went up and then dipped and now it's like on his way back up and he was i'm pretty sure he was like a mainstay in the squad during qualifying and just like he just didn't make it on yeah. i think there's too much quality in this team um but yeah i mean like they're, they're talking about not even starting jao felix that's how like strong of a of a side this is but yeah so just uh i wanted to highlight vitinha because you guys know that that's my boy here so uh, Vitinha plays for PSG. He's 22 years old, born in year 2000. Uh, he grew up playing with the goalkeeper Diogo Costa, so 
you know, they're tight from a young age. Boys. He trained with Benfica from a young age. He signed to a feeder club, so it sounded like Benfica had, like, their youth team, and then they had, like, little feeder clubs throughout. Uh, he was cut from Benfica because he was too small. He's slight, but signed with Porto, part of the Porto youth squad that won the 18-19 UEFA Youth League. Uh, and then he made his first team debut in January of 2020. So after that season, he was alone to Wolves in the Premier League. And, I, and we all know Wolves have this, like, Portuguese movement, right? They signed a bunch of Portuguese guys. They had a, a Portuguese uh, manager. So at the end of the loan was an option, a 20 million euro option to buy. But he only made 19 appearances, and most of them were cup games and such. Uh, so he returned to Porto and won the domestic doubles of the league and the cup. And, like, at that point, I was following Vitinha. I didn't know much about Porto, but, like, Porto was doing well. So I would just assume Vitinha was doing well. Uh, so then this past summer, 2022, he signed a five-year deal with PSG. They bought him for around 40, 42 million euros. Uh, he played for the Portuguese youth teams, like, all growing up. He captained the U19 squad when they were runner-up to uh, Spain in the U19 euros. And he was... Um, on the team, he was team of the tor- made team of the tournament in the U21 Euros, summer of 2021, uh, where they were runner up to Germany, uh, and that's kind of like where I saw him. Right, I tell this story a lot. Where like yeah, I was just watching a U21 it's your Euros game. Tournament ever. I did. I loved Would it. Would you just want to replace the U21 Euros? Uh, yeah, with the World Cup. Let's go back. Take away the World Cup. Let's yeah. rewatch the U21 Euros. Facts. I'm just gonna like, you know. He was playing, I think they were, they were playing like a diamond, like a 4-4-2 diamond, which you very rarely see at international level. And it was just Bettina and a couple other guys. I think Fabio uh, Verrera from uh, Arsenal. Yeah. There's just all these little technical dudes. And I was like, wow, this, these guys like don't give the ball away. They turn, they pass. They can work in, in, and, out of, in and out of tight spaces. So I looked him up and like I watched some highlights and I just like kept following him from there. And he was really good. So he made team of the tournament there. Um, made his senior Portuguese debut in the playoff final. So they trusted him enough to take that leap to play in that final against North Macedonia. That was his senior debut. He's currently worth 45 million euros on transfer market. He's just like silky smooth with the ball. Like that's why he plays for PSG because they have, they have destroyers in the back, but then they have these guys who are good enough with the ball to get it to their playmakers in, in the right spots. Uh, and I've been on here talking about how I think, a guy like Vitinha is just proof of what they're developing in Portugal. Maybe it's just the big clubs. Maybe it's the just the culture there in general. But they just have this movement of just like super good like technicians. Like like Portugal will be like this for the next three or four World Cups. They just have those players coming through. Um, See, so yeah, that's kind of like the the outlook on Portugal. I would honestly like Portugal more without Ronaldo and without Bruno Fernandes. Like, when you talk about Portugal, you're like, oh, they have Bruno. They have Ronaldo. It's like, I wish those guys just didn't come to the World Cup so I could appreciate this Portugal team. You probably dislike them just because they both play for Manchester United. Like, No, I don't hate Manchester United. I really don't really care much about Manchester United. It's Ronaldo's mostly, just annoying. Well, yeah, Ronaldo is annoying. And also, the fans who love Ronaldo are also pretty annoying. <laughs> yeah, but that doesn't... Like, so, all right. I don't think Ronaldo's that good, but you know he's gonna score a goal. Bruno's gonna score a goal. You know he's gonna start too, Ronaldo. I think the the strength of this team is in everybody else. It's in these little technicians. It's in the Jalkin Salo and the Ruben Diaz strong at the back. It's Rafael Leal who's literally on track to be like one of the best players in the world. The best player on the team, I think, is Bernardo Silva. Yeah, he won't be the most impactful. Like I think he's more impactful for a team like City than he would be 
like a team trying to get out and run because he's less um, I physically think imposing. Yeah, but I think he's the best player on the team. I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know who uh, who else they would start. I mean, we'd have to look at like a projected eleven here, but it it's pretty strong. I mean, Bruno is probably going to start. Bernardo Silva is going to start. You would think Vitinha is going to start. I mean, even Jao Felix too. Like, I still think he could be like a top ten to fifteen player in the world. He just doesn't get consistent like quality minutes for Atletico. I agree. But yeah, so um, I think they're one world. So they're one World Cup away from getting rid of the annoying Ronaldo and probably some of the older players. And then the next World Cup, like in 26, like I think they're going to be... Leal will be up at that level. The rest yeah. of the guys will be up at the level. And they'll be a legit contender. Yeah. When all of the youth, the guys from the 2021 U21 Euros <laughs> will be, you know, full force. They're going to get the band back together. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, so next team is Uruguay. They're 50-1 to 1 to win the tournament. Uruguay? Yeah. That's ridiculous. They're ranked 14th in FIFA. Nickname is the Sky Blue. Their manager is Diego Alonso, who was the coach of Inter Miami really? when they started MLS. Yeah, he got fired from <laughs> Inter Miami. He had a 29% winning percentage with Miami. He's seven one and one with Uruguay. Yeah. Uh, he took over after a three zero loss to Bolivia in qualifying, and then finished out qualifying beating Paraguay, Venezuela, and Peru. Um, they finished third in qualifying behind Brazil and Argentina. Eight wins, four draws, and six losses. Um, but the third, fourth, fifth, and sixth were all like pretty jumbled up, and I think the top four make it, and fifth gets a inter- intercontinental playoff. Yeah. So like it was pretty close, and I could see why there was pressure on the other guy. Um, they lost to Iran and then beat Canada in September. So like you can't really take much from the lost Iran. I think they're just mixing things up. Like we said, Iran could be could be tricky, and then beat Canada too. Um, likely to play some type of. 4-3-3 or 4-4-2, mainly to highlight their attacking strengths. Uh, so you have Luis Suarez, who's back home playing in Uruguay. Um, Edson Cavani playing for Valencia. Those are two older guys who I just think just care so much about the Uruguayan national team yeah. that they're just like, I don't care where I play my club, just get me to this World Cup. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Darwin Nunez playing for Liverpool has really shown, like has really kind of come along recently. He has something like, what was it, like 17 seven goals and 17 appearances or something now, which like, he's low-key, like, you know, on the come-up there. That's why he's worth so much, yeah. Um, uh, Pelestri, who is a young uh, winger, plays for Man United, was on loan at Alaves, so he hasn't really gotten a whole lot of burn at Man United. He's only 20 years old, uh, but he has started games for Uruguay, so I think they, they believe in him. Facundo Torres made the roster, uh, plays for Orlando City at MLS, and was linked to Arsenal. I, I think those rumors are... Uh, proved to be not true, but he's still like worth ten to twenty million, probably on track to go somewhere. Um, so look at some of their midfielders. I mean, uh, Federico Valverde from Real Madrid, Bentacor from Spurs, Lucas Torreira, uh, Galatasaray. Vich- I'm guessing it's Vicino, uh from Lazio. So he probably runs around in the middle with uh, Savage. <laughs> and then look at the back, like. Uh, Ronald Araujo from Barcelona is apparently going to be fit and ready to go. They have uh, Jimenez from uh, Atletico Madrid. Diego Godin is playing in Uruguay as well. That's a guy who would just die wow. for the Uruguayan badge, yeah, bro. I can just see him jumping and blocking a shot with his face. Oh, yeah. Or like heading someone's head so that guy can't get his head on. Like he's not going to head the ball, but he's like, I'm just taking out this guy's head. Dude, um, yeah, so I just – this is a really good team, man. So I just went into a little bit with uh, – 
Federico Valverde. Not the craziest story, to be honest. Um, he's 24 years old. He came through the ranks at Penarol in Uruguay. He got looks uh, from European teams because he was in the Uruguayan youth national teams. Bought by Real Madrid in 2016, but played for their like uh, reserve team. Went on a few loan spells and became a Real Madrid first-team player in 2019. He won the silver ball at the 2017 U-17 uh, World Cup and later debuted with the senior Uruguay team that year. I specifically remember the 2017 U-17 World Cup. Not because of Fede Valverde. I didn't watch any Uruguay. But that was when we had a really good squad, the U.S. did. Tim Weah had that, like, cannon of a shot. Um, like, uh, who's the dude that plays for Atlanta? Uh, Andrew Carlton. Yeah, Andrew Carlton was like balling out. I think Josh Sargent was in that. So I remember that tournament, and uh, Valverde got the got the silver ball there. So he's he's just like an engine for Real Madrid. Like can play center mid, can play on the wing, can just like kind of do it all. This team is strong, man. Like fifty. What did I say? Fifty to one. I will be putting money on that. <laughs> like, will they win it? Probably not. But like, could this team go on a run and beat anybody and make the semifinals? Heck yeah. Yeah, dude. Valverde. I mean. Yeah, Man, there's so much. It's just Valverde is one of the best center runs in the world. D- and Ben Tucker is in insane form for Spurs. He just had two goals this weekend. Yeah. Also, I think I'm not a big Nunez fan. Like I, I like no? I, just because I'm an Everton fan and he plays for Liverpool mm-hmm. and like he's kind of annoying. Like, um, but I think he could be like, like breakout player. Of but the dude, tournament. that like he could have four goals right this this tournament in the group stages like. That power and that, like you just said, a lot of teams are going to be like not high pressing. They might be tired, but like you get that kind of power, like rushing forward, like with those like attacking subs off the bench. Yeah, this is dangerous squad, man. Dangerous squad. I agree. Um, all right, so we have South Korea and Ghana left to go. You ready? All right. Yep. I'll take it from here. South Korea. We got to uh, get get rolling the here. The so. Warriors or the Tigers of Asia. Mm-hmm. 150 to 1 odds. I mean, 28 in FIFA. Paolo Bento is their manager. Um, they were 57th in the in the world in their FIFA mm-hmm. rankings when, when Bento took over. Now they're 28th. Wow. Uh, they'll play a 4-4-2 or a 4-1-1 form recently. Beat Egypt and Chile, but heavy losses to Brazil and Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, lost once in their 17 qualifying games in Asia, but, like, the first round of qualifying for Asia is really easy. Uh, and yeah. then the second round, like, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Uh, they created uh, 33 expected goals. So, get, nice. get analytical now. Yeah, one <laughs> analytics drop this podcast. Yeah. Um, players to watch. Some guy named Hyung Min Son, mm-hmm. whoever that is. World um, star. Hwang Hee for Wolves. And then the, they have a few other players that you've probably heard of. They they actually do play um, in some of the big leagues around the world. But mm-hmm. player that I highlighted is Min Jung Kim. He's a 25-year-old center back for Napoli. Love Napoli. He's the Koulibaly replacement. So he went to the same high school as Korean legend Ji Sung Park. Hey. Like, not at the same time, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> but. So in, in Korea, it looks like you just go to middle school, you go to high school, you go to college. Mm-hmm. Like... The, similar to how it is here. So he went to college but dropped out of sophomore year to pursue a football career. Uh, joined semi-pro side in 2016, which made a cup final, whatever whatever cup final that was. And he eventually moved to the K-League. And uh, he won the K-League Young Player of the Year 
and was part of the K-League Best 11. Dude, he loves the K-League, man. Jeez. So then in 2019, he moved to a Chinese Super League team, which I think K-League to the Chinese Super League is a jump. Mm-hmm. So he made a jump there. Right, big money jump. Like, you make a lot more money, yeah, too. The team he played for was out of Beijing. Um, he was wanted by Spurs in 2020, but that fell through. But in 2021, uh, it went to Fenerbahce for $3 million, and in that year was Super League Team of the Season. What a rise, dude. Yeah. And uh, 2022, moved to Napoli, $18 million, uh, and was September's Serie A Player of the Month. Mm. Which, wow. 44 caps with the national team, too. So he got a lot experience. of experience for a guy who played, like, college. Yeah. Like, college in South Korea. Yeah. 20, only 25 years old, so... Um, it's a pretty good squad. It's a yeah, it's a decent World Cup experience too. It's a decent squad. squad. Yeah, remember they beat Germany mm-hmm. in that um, one group game. Yeah. World Cup. Yeah, it's good so, for Ghana. We got it. All right, Ghana, the Black Stars, uh, 150 to one odds. They're ranked 61st in FIFA. Their manager is Otto Ado. He actually just took over in March. Um, he previously worked for Dortmund and served as the interim head coach in 2021. At some point, he worked for Dortmund a little bit. And he might still do some work for Dortmund as a talent coach. So he, he has, like, a double position. So, like, I was reading articles, and they said, like, sometimes he, he might not focus his full attention on the Ghana <laughs> because he's doing work for Dortmund. Um what a, what a life, though, dude. You're just, like, <laughs> coaching a national team. And he's a like, former player, too. That's so, awesome. like, notable former player. Four in World Cup qualifying failed to score in 40% of their matches. So they've had a problem scoring goals, but I'll get to the solution in a second. They beat Nigeria in a two-legged playoff. Those were the first matches under a do. Mm-hmm. Only two wins in their last six, and they came up against Nicaragua and Madagascar. Oof. So yeah. not coming in with good form. Third youngest squad in the World Cup, however, and I think some of their young players are, are going to kind of okay. take a step forward, like you said, with like Ecuador. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Um, players to watch, Daniel Amart- Amarte from Leicester City, Tark Lamptey from Brighton, Mohamed Salasu from Southampton, Mohamed Kudus from Ajax, Thomas Partey, Arsenal, Jordan Ayew, Crystal Palace. There's a lot of Premier I mean, like, dude, like, players this there, core right? might be better than the USMNT core that we're saying is like a golden generation. Like, oh, 100% this core. Like, we don't have anyone as good as Thomas Partey. Thomas Partey's their or guy. Or Salisu, yeah. They're, Thomas Partey is their guy. But the player that I highlight is Inaki Williams. Mm-hmm. So, um, he's 28-year-old forward. If you play FIFA, you know who Inaki Williams is. Um, plays for Atletico Bilbao. Born in Spain to Ghanaian parents. Um was a product of uh, Athletic Bilbao. Mm-hmm. Came up through all their their third tier team. Went to their second tier team. Who plays in um, the Secunda division? Mm-hmm. Um, and a crazy stat where he's played two about two hundred and forty consecutive games for Athletic Bilbao. Like, jeez, dude's a unit. Like, will not get hurt. Yeah. So he has one appearance for Spain. Did the did the whole FIFA switch mm-hmm. thing, and only two appearances for Ghana, which were back uh, in September. Okay. So, in, like I said, in World Cup qualifying, they failed to score in forty percent of their games, but they didn't have a Naki Williams. So they, th- so he kept thinking like, "Oh, I'm going to get called up by Spain," and just never did. And yeah, he must have like finally got that process through, and now, yeah, he, he could be the answer to like scoring some of their goals. It's not a bad like squad. I'm sure it really drops off. Um, yeah, so that's a good squad. Also, we forgot to mention for Cameroon, Union. Union right back. Uh, um, Olivia Mbaiza. Olivia Mbaiza. He's on the squad, right? 
He I was for he he was a starter in like qualifying in Afcon. I didn't check. I'm assuming he made. So yeah. So all right. Well, give me the group H prediction then. I'm yeah. gonna say uh, Uruguay finishes first, Portugal yeah. second, Korea third, and Ghana fourth. You dislike um, Portugal. Like I said, like I want to like them. You dislike them like that. But the older, the old guard, dude. Uruguay's that good, dude. <laughs> I'm gonna say Portugal. I'm gonna say Uruguay. Then I'm gonna say Ghana. Then South Korea. I, I that's pretty good. Too. I don't think they, South Korea has enough. I think they got some good players that you like, like Son and Kim. Low key tough group, dude. But Ghana's Ghana's got some good players too. Um, we're out here saying that like they've got some good players. It's hard to watch all 32 teams in the World Cup. Yeah. Once we start to watch the first couple of games, I think we'll start to get an idea. of yeah. Are they actually good? Like, what do they do good? You group know? G and H might be the two toughest groups. We highlighted some good groups there. Yeah, yeah, that was good. Group F was a little like, like underwhelming. We've seen the best of Belgium. We've seen the best of Croatia, but like Group G is tough. Group H is tough. So that was that was a good preview. Um, all right. Dude, Brazil could play Portugal, right? If Brazil finishes first in their group, Portugal finishes second in their group. Yeah. So that would be a that would be a Brazil Brazil Uruguay and. If Uruguay, Ooh, fin- Uruguay finishes second, Brazil yeah. first, that's a, and that'll just be, first of all, one team's going to score on a set piece, and the other team's just going to flop all over the place. <laughs> There's going to be no soccer played. Yeah, it's going to be oh. one of those. But cool. Yeah. I, I was, that was pretty good. That was, uh, we got to get rolling here. So that was episode 46, World Cup episode 3. We'll be back in another couple days. Well, I'm thinking we go through, and if you have any ideas too, like the most, we'll go. Maybe five to ten of the most intriguing storylines, plus a preview of uh, match day one. So every team's first game, including the U.S. Uh, U.S. Wales, and then uh, then we'll be we'll be back after that to review U.S. Wales, and then we'll review match day one. Look ahead to match day two after all of those games are done. Yep. So it's gonna get real, real quick, man. So I gotta set the recordings if you can't watch the games. Be ready to roll. Those five a.m. ones are brutal. Oh, dude, I love it. Like, what else do you have to do at 5 a.m.? Just wake up and wake up before work. Dude, yeah, before work, 100%. All right, just making sure. Yeah. I mean, you can get plenty of rest after the 2 o'clock games, which are the last of the day, so you can just go right to bed. Yeah, dude, you need to adjust Adjust, your schedule. Adjust your sleep schedule. All right, I got to run. I got to go coach the next generation of uh, American internationals. Nice. All right. All right. Peace. Peace.